This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I've heard Grayson Bush, I've heard Rob Ryan and Greg, I've heard Rob Ryan and Greg, I've heard Rob Ryan and Greg. God, Rob has great tastes in podcasts. From Flint to Philadelphia, from Hollywell to Hollywood. Rob Ryan Red is a brand new Wrexham AFC fans podcast by Nathan Salt and Richard Fay. Now, maybe you're well versed in Wrexham history, or maybe you're new here. So here's a few things to jog your memory. Here is Vose. Great dribbling by Don Vose. And still, Vose, he gets past another. Oh, what a goal! Don Vose! One of the goals of the season. He has toyed with the defence there. And that is remarkable. The ball boys getting involved. Connor Jennings, the captain. Wrexham's top goal scorer. 13 for the season. 14! Wrexham lead! It's Wrexham! Kreusser, Kreusser, Kreusser. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast. I'm Rich Fair and I'm joined once again by Nathan Saltkin. It's been a very historic, memorable week in the long, illustrious history of Wrexham AFC. Rob and Ryan have visited the town for the first time. They experienced what it's like to be a Wrexham fan when expectations don't always get met on the pitch. But it's been a very positive and exciting time off the pitch. We will get into the talkie game later in the podcast. But yeah, I just don't even know where to begin. So much has happened, so much excitement, such a buzz around the town, around the whole community, around all of North Wales, really. And it was just a real party atmosphere on the weekend. And before we maybe get into that, Nath, we're going to look at the week and, and just everything that they did really there's so much to catch up on and I know you at the press conference they had the fans forum as well they're doing shots of gin in the turf it just seems so surreal and for me anyway just it really sunk in that this is really happening it was a real pinch myself moment on Saturday just before kickoff when they took to the pitch what's the week been like for you yeah I wrote in in my piece uh for Monday's paper that it really felt like an I was there moment throughout throughout the whole the whole week I think it just felt like you needed to be there just to experience it you know we've had so much disappointment and and I, I wrote in that piece that there, there haven't been many I was I was there moments for Wrexham in recent years you probably had FA Trophy final at Wembley you had you know Stoke City away had Boston, the centenary an- yeah, you had the, yeah you had the centenary anniversary game but it's just sort of talking that in that last sort of decade um you know in, in the non-league era there's not been much um, and and this topped the lot by by an absolute mile. Just to see that that new generation of fans totally excited and overwhelmed by the experience. You know, nine thousand eight hundred and thirteen fans at the racecourse, just bonkers. But but the week itself, I mean, it was just one thing after another. And for us, I know on the on, on socials and just you know our WhatsApp conversation, everything rich. Um, it's so Twitter as well. Big thanks, just a shout out to the Twitter. I know on our last pod, Rich, we said. Could we get over 2,000 followers? We've rocketed above that now, above 2,200. So thanks for all of those that are going to at Rob Ryan Red. Much appreciated. Um, it's just rocketed for 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 everyone. You know, all the, all this content. People can't get enough of Rob and Ryan when they're walking across the pitch and exploring the stadium for the first time. The press conference when Rob's speaking Welsh and just just an amazing experience to be a part of. Rich. Yeah, exactly. We'll probably get on to Rob's 
native tongue later on and you know he is doing so good for the language for the whole nation really he's an ambassador of the real culture of wales and that's what's so good you know these are the poster boys of wales at the moment everyone wants a piece of them it's not just north wales it's not just wrexham's community everyone wants a piece of them and still on twitter you'll get fans of our club saying wrexham my second team now and whatever and i know lots of people roll their eyes and say well you've got to be there through thick and thin you can't choose to support us it's not fair weather sort of game but you know there's just such a buzz and primarily it's because these two people get it they're so likable they already just know the core values of the club in the press conference every answer sort of wound its way back to community to the people rob and ryan spoke themselves didn't they that quite often the football is the worst part of a day out and they said that you know that it's just horrible they i think ryan was saying that he almost already regretted just how much he, he cared because it's torture watching wrexham and you know they would go they were going to get a bigger taste of that on, on the saturday against torquay but yeah, I just loved it and the community aspect as well. For me, it was on that Wednesday when you know Robin Ryan at first at the race course, you got fans posing for pictures, you know, behind those bars, and it looked like Robin Ryan was sort of imprisoned yeah. in the in the Kairas <laughs> behind them. And and you know, yeah. Ryan was like, Ryan said to security, "Can we open the gates? I want to take some proper pictures. I want to meet these people." Like because yeah. he's an A-lister, he has to have a certain level of security, and I think it did sort of get upped as the week went on, just because there was so much clamour to get a piece of them, really. But they're just real nice, likable guys mm. who really wanted to make it special for the fans as well. And I felt sorry for them in a way because I, they do just want to sort of nip it in the bud and just be able to come and have a, a chill time in the next few visits ahead. But for the first couple, it does seem like it's going to be very intense. But you can understand why, because they are just the most likable, charismatic, incredible chairman. It's just I we are so, so, so lucky. Yeah, I mean, it really struck a chord. You know, we know that a lot of people know the story now about Rob being in lockdown. He's, you know, been told by Humphrey to watch, Humphrey Kerr to watch Sunderland Till I Die. And he turns to his wife, Caitlin Olsen, obviously also known as Deandra Reynolds in, in Always Sunny. Sweet uh, D. And he says, I want to buy a football team. Sweet D. And he, he also wants to, he wants to buy a football team. And he said what it was, was he was looking at the screen and he said, I, I I, both know those people that I'm looking at and I am those people. And I feel like from Rob's trip over, you know, both Rob and Ryan, but Rob in particular, it looked like he was living out his boyhood dream. You know, he was kitted out in all the Wrexham gear. He got to take part in a penalty shootout, you know, with the players and and speaking to some of the players. Well, they just said, what, are, what great blokes they both are. But Rob in particular just looked like he was about to burst with excitement you know and i think that was that's really resonated with the with the fans that he honestly could just be you know a diehard that's been going every single week and we know that he loves the philadelphia eagles that has been his his team since he grew up in the nfl but the fact that he said that watching Wrexham against torquay would surpass the super bowl you know philadelphia's only ever super bowl win was just remarkable and just speaks to the kind of excitement he's had for this trip which is just kind of off the charts excitement yeah and he really gets it and you know by the end of the week they were both acknowledging that it is a long-term project which was a nice middle finger to those sort of fans of other clubs who seem to think they know the ownership model better than us they seem to think that when the documentary is done these two are going to be you know buggering off and they'll be like Wrexham who this is not a marketing ploy this is not just gimmicky anymore at first I, I sort of thought, thought just how much of it is real, how much of it is real passion. But after this week, I'm fully converted that these two are just absolutely in it for all the right reasons. And they're just absolutely loving it. Like you said, Rob was just one of us. We always used to say, didn't we, what would it be like if a Wrexham fan won the Euro Millions and bought the club and had just those best interests at yeah. heart? It almost feels like that because Rob, like you said, he has nothing to sort of gain in terms of commercial you know, value from it and stuff. And he's not in it just for a quick buck or whatever or to cash in on the club. He's just loving it. And he, you know, we're so lucky, but it's, in, it's you know, it's synergy. It goes both ways. He is so in love with us and we're so in love with him that it just works so perfectly. And yeah, yeah it really is a match made in heaven. And I, they did that interview on Wrexham Player as well, which, you know, the, the club official Charles, which I'd, uh, I'd urge you to, to listen to if you haven't already. And there was that moment when Ryan was saying, well, we want to sort of break down that wall between us and the players. So there's no sort of weird, that's him and that's him. Because he was saying, well, we got a starstruck because that's Paul Mullen. That, that guy there is Paul Mullen. And it's like, they've been watching <laughs> like, us. It's, it's like a rock... Jamie. 
he got started with a Jamie record as well, didn't he? Yeah. He was like, uh, that's was Paul bit... Mullen. That's... He actually said Jacob record originally, which made me laugh yeah. when he corrected himself. But yeah, but it's, it's, the, uh, it's really saying, weird, Nath, because starstruck. to us, they are stars of the screen. But for them, Wrexham have been stars mm. of the screen because they've only ever watched us on TV. So for them, it is like maybe the closest yeah. thing they can get to starstruck because previously these were players that they could only connect to by watching them. So it was a really weird role reversal where these stars of the screen were themselves having to experience what it's like for us to to know them. So it really worked in a fascinating way. And like you said, it's just been so, so, so exciting. And yeah, you were there at the press conference on Thursday. And I guess the main takeaway line, Rob knows the podcast. Rob knows the podcast, and I know that it, 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 some of the got a shout out already. But yeah, ourselves and, and the Fearless podcast both got a shout out. And yeah, Rich, I, I, when you sent me that clip, I don't know how you got hold of it, but someone who was at the forum that, that sent it to you, I I couldn't believe it. You know, I don't know really. We just sort of sat sat at home talking about Wrexham, and you know, we've had some ups and downs in, in missing out on on the playoffs under Keats, and and kind of then the big hoopla around Parkinson and going to Maidenhead, just, uh, which one do you reckon they've listened to? Do you reckon, they've listened, do you reckon he's a loyal subscriber? Do you reckon he's tuned into the Louis Moore interview? I don't know. I'm I interested think he, to know. I think but he probably I, got hooked I, on Jocelyn Miavi, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> Joss Miavi. That, that is our finest work, probably, getting getting uh, Joss Miavi to speak out of Cameroon. But uh, but no, uh, the fact he's listened to it, Rich, I mean, without I mean, giving we, ourselves too much of a pattern. Should we, should we just play the, play the clip and just inject it? Myself, play the clip. Play the clip. There you go, Rich. I feel like we could have just played that clip on a loop. Um, but well, no, that is the next podcast. It, it was, yeah, yeah. I mean, big, big, big thanks actually to to the person who asked that. I, I missed his name, but friend of Reese Williams, friend of the show. Um, big thanks to that. And it just, I think it is good as well to see. I know we'd be biased, but it is good to see that they they're engaging with fan content as well. You know that these that they're really kind of throwing themselves into more than just what maybe the club are putting out themselves, because that is obviously a totally different... I'll stand by that. The club is a totally different method of, of kind of content release that, that fans can do something different to. And hopefully ourselves and others are offering something a little bit different for Rob and Ryan when they're back in the US and in Canada. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's just... It's gone above and beyond my wildest dreams and wildest expectations, really. I, I thought that they'd come over, they'd be in a bubble, there wouldn't be much sort of engagement with the community and, and the fans, whatever. There'd be maybe one or two corporate meets or whatever, and it'd be a bit staged, but it's all been so organic and real. It was just amazing. And I guess when we're talking again about the, that press conference on, on the Thursday, which you were lucky enough to attend, Nath, the fact that Rob, you know, who's speaking in Welsh and he's putting a lot of us to shame. You know, I'm only second language Welsh going to Brynhoverd and Riffin and, uh, you know, trying my best there. But when you don't speak on a daily sort of basis and you don't have people to converse to, your, your ability goes down. And for Rob to be a Hollywood star who's got interests elsewhere and a full sort of schedule to maintain, to write a sitcom, to film the sitcom, to be involved in Mythic Quest, you know, he's, he's just like, he's got such an intense life himself. And I know I'm not going to get the violins out for a Hollywood A-lister too much, but <laughs> to then also have that drive and determination to dedicate yourself to Wrexham and to the Welsh language, two things which are intrinsically combined, but which you don't have to necessarily invest in both of them if you're in his position. He doesn't really have any responsibility or, or duty to do it, but he's gone above and beyond to do that. And, to see him speaking Welsh as well for the whole nation, what a poster boy he is now for for the language and for the sort of history and heritage of of Wales as a country and its legacy. It's it's phenomenal. And I just go back to thinking when I was in school, the Welsh language and whatever coming from because we were bilingual school, so half a year, a sort of Welsh English and English Welsh. Not to make sense, Welsh Welsh and English Welsh. <laughs> what? Like first language Welsh, and then there's people I'm with who you, are. I'm with you. Or whatever, because we were first. We were first language in English. Which, you know, I've not. I've not even mastered English, so you know, you see how much of a struggle Welsh would be for me. Um, but it's if you have role models like that growing up, I think that my Welsh speaking ability would be so much better than it was because he just makes it so bloody cool. And I know it already is such yeah. a, a badass sort of heritage. We've got the coolest flag in the world, the best anthem in the world, which was sung so beautifully and powerfully on Saturday as well. But to have someone like him as a role model and a poster boy for, for Wales as well, it's just, it's incredible. And yeah, so, so fortunate to have these two at the club. And I just, I'm just smiling because yeah, it I was can, so I can, good. I can sense it, Rich. 
I, I mean, I actually saw, weirdly enough, I saw my my old high school Welsh teacher, um, Mr. Brian, his name was, outside the race course on Saturday. I was kind of busy trying to trying to file some copy from the game um, for, my, for, my, for my piece on, on the Monday. And uh, I get a sort of tap on the shoulder. And, uh, I mean, he was just, you know, over the moon to see someone of that significance and that prominence speaking the Welsh language. Because what that will do is, look, what we've got to understand is Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney have legion of fans that follow their every move. And I know we're sort of drifting into that territory in their Wrexham work. But, you know, but what it will do in terms of just expanding to you know just to the us that that welsh is its own language a beautiful language and you know if that gets some people to to really become committed to learning the language then it's worth it it's, it's a it's an amazing gift and, and i know that maxine maxine hughes was over with her son the the welsh translator in their in their famous uh, welcome to wrexham trailer and i thought while while we're talking about maxine being in the box i just thought i would give you a rundown rich before we get through the rest of the week about who was in this inner circle on the trip because I know that there was a lot of faces that people didn't recognise, and I thought, you know, we we know Sean Harvey was joined at the hip basically to them for most of the trip, special advisor to the board. We know he's got a very significant role, more so than I think his title suggests. Maxine came over from Washington with her son. That was very nice, and I know that she's had plenty of conversation with Wrexham fans, and and you know, is following this podcast as well. Um, Megan Gans, who some people know. Um, wife of Humphrey Kerr, she produced and directs Always Sunny. She came over and, and was very generous. I don't know if you saw this picture, Rich. I put it on our Twitter. I put it on my Twitter, actually, that she made 64 sausage rolls. They looked so good would... as well. They, they, they did, didn't they? They looked they so good. They would give Clandernog Butchers like a, a run for its money <laughs> because they looked really, <laughs> yeah. really good. Well, she she's big into home bacon, so she made those, which is really good. One of the key, key players in, in this whole operation, he's been named once or twice a few months ago, but you know he was very much central to every part of the owner's visit, is a guy called Nick Frankel. Now, he's an executive producer on Welcome to Wrexham. Lots of experience in, in making kind of top-level documentaries and shows. And yeah, he if, if you saw a picture of him and you, you joined the two, you'd understand who I mean because he, he played a very significant role in in every sort of meet and greet the owners did and, and who they would speak to and that kind of thing. George Dewey was in there, very close with Reynolds, present of maximum effect at maximum effort even. Um maximum effort, maximum effect. Reynolds production company basically. George Dewey was there. And uh Sophia Travalia, I hope I'm saying that right, but she's right uh Ryan Reynolds' personal assistant. So there you go. If anyone's interested in that sort of thing, I was quite interested in who the various characters were and obviously Super Paul Mullin got to sit in the box, uh, the aviation suite with which the looks, owners for Saturday. Which looks amazing, looks lovely, aviation June suite. Oh, and, you know, I know there's still a competition planned, I think, that fans might get a chance to watch End a game the with the owners at some yeah. point. So um, that is incredible. And I guess, should we just give it, Paul Mullin is eligible to play for Wales. There was a tweet on a Paul Monday Mullen. night with the, the Wales squad announcement. I mean, I know Wales have always sort of struggled for that, that central figure. I'm not sure he gets in ahead of Kiefer Moore. He's a very different sort no. of attacker. But Paul Mullin is a League One quality striker, at least, maybe even Championship. So he's definitely got to be in the conversation, hasn't he? It's it does, does he get in ahead of Tyler Roberts or someone like, you know, I, I don't, you know. I mean, based on his recent performances, I think he gets in ahead of Tyler Roberts. I mean, yeah, we're not really a sport for choice, are we? And Yeah, it's just a difficult one because I always felt like, Christian Deutsch was overlooked at international level mm. as well. And you just wonder how many goals Paul Mullen would have to sort of plunder this season for him to get a, a Wales call up. But yeah, that's that's one to keep an eye on. It's definitely interesting. I think, I mean, I was going to say, Wrexham fans can't love Paul Mullen enough, but if he was playing for Wales as well, then it would just be absolute chaos, wouldn't it? It would just be the perfect... Perfect. So we got to have we got to say sort of super Paul Mullins nan or cause she'd be to, she'd be to thank if uh, yeah. if you ever got called up for Wales. So if anything, all the credit is stripped from Paul Mullin and goes to Paul Mullins nan. Yeah, and I think that's up. the way it works. Yeah, big up big up Paul Mullins nan. Uh, that's your first <laughs> shout out on the pod. Might be your last. I'm not sure, but if you're listening, <laughs> thank knows? you very much. You know, subscribe to us on the, on wherever you get your podcasts from. So yeah, we've talked about Wednesday, talked about Thursday, Friday. They went into town, didn't they, Nathan? I know that you were. Well, you've got a bit of insight into into their proceedings on Friday when they walked around Rex and they went to the parish church as well. They headed into town as well. They went to Mad for Movies. Mad for Movies, yes. Yeah. So they went to the butcher's market and I thought, let's just try and speak to certain people in there. And, and one of their stops was a stop to Mad for Movies. Now, those who 
maybe haven't been in there. DVD shop, great owner there called Rob Clark. Uh, and, and here's what Rob told me about the owners popping in. Well, yeah, you know, um, we were invited to the... Uh, me and my wife were invited to the, um, the, 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 the thing last night, the Forum, forum. yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, obviously, you know, we saw what you know, asked, asked a couple of questions and, and whatnot, but you, you couldn't, you know, they were there for selfies and signings and whatever else, mm. you mean. Um, but they're so, you know, they, they, they're nice guys, you know, they, they're pretty approachable and, and, and I think, you know, well, they've got the bug. You know, uh, and they can work a crowd, can't they? You know, Absolutely, yeah. they're um, they, they're masters at that. You know, it helps at this. It helps at the comedians. You know, and they 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 you know they they they're, easy, they're approachable. You know, and and as you say, they've so so really. But I was told that you know there's a possibility they could come to the shop, mm. um, but you know it, it may not happen. Do you know what I mean? It was yeah, one of them. It yeah. depends. Um, so I let it. Oh, you know, I don't know. It, it, may, it may happen. It may not. But um, I was told uh, told this morning. Uh, uh, it's, give me a um, Anna. Give me a ring. He was on the production crew and yeah. said, um, you know, um, can you can we come in and uh, and take a COVID test and uh, you know and, and wow. prep you because you're gonna have some visitors. So uh, very exciting. So, yeah. Very so exciting. That was that. And so, what what did they make of the shop, though? You know, kind of to have, to have two Hollywood it. stars yeah. in these shops, on, on, like an unbelievable promo for the for the for the shop, isn't well, it? Well, yeah, you know, it's it's not bad, is it? Let's be honest. Um, you know, I, I thought I'd hit the big time when Stuart Lee, the comedian, came in a few years back when he was playing uh, playing a gig at Glendure. But yeah. uh, this is another level, isn't it? Let's be honest. Um, yeah, see you, pal. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, um, I, I said to him, you know, I've been here a long time and uh, it's probably not a business I'd set up tomorrow. Yeah. And he says, oh, it's brilliant. You've got a lot of films here. And Ryan said, um, you know, is there any film here? And he said, uh, you know, that, that um, you know, that, that you've never sold, you know. And I said, and I turned to Rob and I said, well, we won't mention Greenland, and he said, uh, <laughs> he said, uh, well, let's be honest, it's like they're not, not even the production team, not even the production team watched that or something like that. <laughs> um you know, and Rob was, you know, Rob was asking, you know, about about the, you know, how Spencer Harris came in with him and yeah. just introduced us, you know, and he said, well, your dad's, you know, your dad's been watching him for you. Know, I said, well, I told him my dad took me when I was a nipper, you know, mm. when he used with Alvin Griffiths was manager, and I, I, I don't, you know, what I mean, I was, I was, mm. I was literally a babe in arms, and because he, he set up the Junior Reds with with a couple of other people, um, and. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, he said, take me there, and, I, and, and I'd knock about the the, the 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 club, you know, and just think nothing of it. Really, I got the scent, the spot where Dave Davis ran, and I remember him giving me a badge of Wayne Segelski. You know, the weird things you remember. Yeah. Right? I've still got it somewhere, I think. Yeah. And I remember him saying to me, yeah, "He's a big hair, he's a big hair badge of a big hairy monster." Because Wayne had this big long beard, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, sure. And he he said that like, and I get goodness me, I must have been knee eye to a grasshopper then, like you know. But you can remember these things. But I didn't actually go with it to a game itself until the you know the mid 80s really mm. in the 80. and i said that i said that to rob i said the first you know he said how long you've been watching them i said my dad took me about that and he said um i said the first game we saw we lost and that was it i was hooked since and he says well that's kind of the same as us <laughs> the first game that we've been to and we lost as well yeah, yeah. um you know so it, it, it was good the very very easy people to talk to you know um you know, I, I've been lucky enough that I've met quite a few famous people before, you know, in the past. And, yeah. you know, I try not to, to freeze, you know, because sure, at the end sure. of the day, they're just people, aren't they, you know? But, uh, yeah, you know, that, that's, uh, that it, you know, it was nice that they've got it, nice that they've got a, you know, they've got an interest in the place. They were buzzing, to be fair. You could see, you know, um, you know, they, like I said, you know, I got the bug off my dad and, and Ryan Reynolds said, you know, well, I've got the bug now, you know, yeah. and, and that's it. Yeah. I mean, he remembered me for asking a question last last night. Um, Amazing. I, yeah, yeah, well, I did wear a big yellow jacket, you know, <laughs> no, I'm saying that was a ploy or anything, but yeah. uh, it wasn't hard to miss no, me, it is, really. It is, um, they seem to be, seem to be <laughs> taking, a, taking, a, taking a real interest. sorry? They seem to be taking a, you know, real interest in the people as well as... Oh, yeah, you know, the businesses. you know, I, I think, they, they I think, you know, what you they know. said really, it was, it was the, the community aspect of it. Even last night he said, you know, even if people aren't fans of the club yet, 
He mm. said, you know, we want to meet people, we want to meet the characters, and we want to, you know, we want to see people and whatever else, you know. Well, it's a good story for you, you know, to, to, to have had them both in the shop. It, uh, the picture looked great, I thought. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, a, a I great, haven't seen it yet. A great, a great <laughs> yeah. little well, story. Well, someone's tagged me on one, you know. Yeah, I know. I uh, uh, you know, but uh, just, well, I mean, my, my wife was in and she took a few pictures. Is the town, um, <laughs> is there just a, a different buzz about the town this morning? It seems to be, you know, absolutely ram. not in town myself at the minute, but it seems to be really, is, yeah. really busy, yeah. Yeah, you know, obviously, I, I, you know, I couldn't say anything to anyone else in here or sure, anywhere sure. else. So I, I, you know, but I turned the music off in the market, and they know these traders. Is, <laughs> when the film crew have been speaking to me because they, they've been chatting to me and whatever else before now, and they know when the music goes off or something's happening, and then knowing <laughs> that they were, so they were like, "Are they coming to see you?" I said, "I don't think so." You know, I yeah. don't. Think, I think the crew might come in and ask me about last night, but you know, I, I don't think they're going to come in. And I generally thought until they turned up, I generally thought they weren't. You mean even. Yeah. Yeah. They said, you know, yeah. I, I heard that they might pop along and whatever else. And I just thought, you know, knowing my luck, it'll be bloody, you know, they'll 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 say, oh, we couldn't make it or something. Sure, you know, they, sure, yeah. You know, we 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 got called away or whatever. But um, it's not, you know, it fit, you know, like, goodness me, you know, it fits him, you know, I mean, the movie shop, you know. It fits in with what they do, you know. Yeah, amazing, <laughs> right? so I don't know if they still make physical uh, copies anymore, you know. And I said, ah, oh, yeah, you know. Um, and he's like, well, um, you know, uh, you know, brilliant, you know. Um, he was looking around and, you know, and naming some films, Dave Chappelle's Half Baked on the shelf oh, and things really? like that. It's in all the classics, you know. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't buy anything then. They would out empty-handed. They, they gave me a load of DVDs, funnily enough. A load of free guys and a load of um, and an always sunny in Philadelphia oh, uh, series one and um, and and, and, and uh, brilliantly uh, a Green Lantern which he signed. Uh, uh, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> really lovely. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, well, so, hey, yeah, no. Just... Idiot, you can sell these or do whatever with them. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, you got you got to keep you got to keep it. What a memento that is. Brilliant. <laughs> A great anecdote there, Rich. I love that about... Um, I know Rob's trying to be a bit of a smart ass, really, talking about Green Lantern being the film he can't sell, but they took it in, in good spirits, and there was a great picture, actually, on, on Reynolds' Instagram this week that of them in the shop sort of perusing through the different DVDs that were there. Just that kind of thing, I just think, is priceless, and that was the point of my piece, actually, that it was more about those kind of moments. Those will be the moments and the anecdotes that will stand the test of time, more so than than the performance that we saw and the performance at Maidenhead really the the actual football will fade into in into insignificance in the grand scheme of things when this story gets told 10 20 30 40 years from now to the next generation and the generation after that so to get yeah to get Rob's perspective was just brilliant and I hope for his sake that it makes the documentary but uh what I did which I, I know that the, the Friday was great and they, they got up to loads of things but I did put a call out to uh, Twitter, just saying, you know, we're recording the podcast. What were people's favourite part of the visit? And there were some great ones. You know, people said, someone, Brendan said, when they left the parish church was my favourite moment. And a spontaneous shout of Wrexham, Wrexham broke out, which made me realise we'd blown them away. You could see on their faces, just wow. That was a really nice one, I thought. And then there was another one that said when they went and met some of the disabled supporters in power chair football, which again, I just think was brilliant. And Rob, didn't he? Rob tweeted that, Kerry Evans, who, who's big into that and, and does a lot of great work, you know, is one of the most important people at the club. So again, you know, they could easily have gone back to Carden Park where they were staying, done the bare minimum, and yet no, they went down to the leisure centre when it was already dark, and they went and, you know, mixed with those in the Power Chair Football League and, and and stuff like that. I just think that sort of thing showed that it wasn't just keeping up appearances, if you know what I mean. It wasn't just kind of a tick box exercise. Right, we've shown our face here, we've shown our face there, took a couple of selfies. No, it was, they really, like you say about the gates earlier, they really opened themselves up to say yes where possible. Um, and they tried to cram as much in as they could. And I'm sure they would have liked to have done more, but, but you know, they had a very limited time frame. And unfortunately, the documentary can't go on for forever and ever. Um, so, no. Just the, a live feed. Power, just a, like, a constant you imagine live, it, just a live feed. feed. Just like a sort of Big Brother style Channel Five, where they just have it running twenty four hours a day. Well, is, it in, is it in Norway where they just show a TV channel like a fire burning? I'm pretty sure. Is it Denmark what? or somewhere? There's somewhere in Scandinavia where there's a TV channel which is just a fire burning. Yeah, it, I swear. It, I swear. I mean, it's tradition to watch it on Christmas Day or something, but um, I'm not sure. A, I'm if, get... if, you, if you don't have a fire, it just sort of looks like one, and you feel 
Uh, I get the idea. <laughs> I'm not I sure. I think it's just because it it's a it's a it's a stream of nothing, so that you have right. it on, and it almost makes you appreciate that you got to talk to your family or whatever. It's not really got much to do with Welcome to Rex in the documentary, but yeah, I'd like oh, to see I'm a live feed. That's all for a future when, podcast. When, um, yeah, when we so get yeah. off the pod, I'm going to look at that because I don't have a fire here, so maybe I just watch this live feed to make myself feel cozy or whatever in the winter but no um uh, most of the talking most of, of the things kind of... heating up nafe um, saturday oh. the match against Torquay. then yeah so the atmosphere in town oh. beforehand was electric it was a real party atmosphere i was just so excited i can't emphasize how just yeah it i went to the like... fat boar i went to the fat boar and had that that special burger which was i had yeah i just, had that post match the rexham burger did you it was oh, good. I thought it was great. The, that the, mayonnaise. The Rexham burger. Was it like a gherkin mayonnaise or something that came with it? Was, it was I don't know what it was, but it, was, uh, it, it, it filled me up and it got me set for the day and pint of Rexham lager. And I, I, I just felt no nerves for because I I did care. Obviously, I do care about the result. But it just was, a, you know, again, my attitude to it, towards it was, was that if I remember what happens in the game in years and years to come, great. You know, ideally, yes, we'll win 5-0. It'd be like the Salford game. But just the way we've been going, I, I sort of prepared myself for a, a lukewarm performance and thought, no, this is about so much more, you know, kind of so much the, the gravitas of the situation shouldn't be lost. 9,813. And look, there were, there, there were issues within that. I think it was probably too high, if anything, you know, the, the away fans were compromised there and... You know, I don't condone anything that that happened there with the away fans, and hopefully that was just, that was the, just inevitable due to the poor yeah, sort of situation. I just don't I get why you, you put. The I was going to ask you this, there. Rich, because obviously you 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 cover Man United a lot, and I know that the press box there to the right, the away fans are. Are there not home fans sat below that disabled support? I don't understand in that situation there why you know does stuff not get thrown between the two there, or well, you know no, I know I mean, Man City they deliberately try and not have one above the other because there's been issues. Yeah, well, I know um, it's, it's different for every club, but at Manchester United, you've got a, it's a different sort of segment in the corner and below them, like you said, there's a the disabled viewing platform and to the left of them is basically the family stand, the family area where it's mainly right. young children and, and families and yeah, there's not as much trouble. I've seen games where there has been trouble where there's been, when I, went, when I saw United versus Liverpool in the Europa League, for instance, there was a lot of trouble because there was some fan United because Liverpool got bigger attendance that there was so, there were some Liverpool fans who were above United supporters. So for cup right. games and you know European competitions, there there can be those sort of issues. But I think it almost stems because from experience with me anyway. The most vocal and the most hardcore Wrexham fans are in that left side of the tech end anyway, which is yeah. closest to the yeah. away end. And then you've got other people. And then because the because the away section is the lowest lower lower section in, in the paddock, the, uh, the 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 above section would have been the extra ticket allocation, which was sold to fans who were maybe buying last minute tickets. So it's maybe sold to fans who aren't coming every week. I can't comment on everyone's situation, no, no. but I'd you. suspect that quite a lot of there were people who weren't coming every week. So maybe by by default, that means that some of them aren't Wrexham fans and don't really have any care for the repercussions if there was any trouble or if there was any instance they got into. When I was queuing for the tech end, there were some really southern voices behind me and it's clear this was their first ever Wrexham game. Uh, right. So they just come up for the day to watch this match. They were they didn't know what to drink. They were saying Wrexham Lager. What's that then? Which is a good <laughs> southern accent, I think. Actually, what a great what a great impression that is. Thank you very much. So um, yeah. yeah, I just felt that like you said, I just I just felt I just it was inevitable there was going to be some sort of trouble yeah. just when you saw where the away end was because I presumed oh you put the away supporters at the top at least because then they they've got the advantage point. Do you know what I mean? They're a bit further away, but having them down there. It just seemed like a really bad idea from the start. I don't get really why they did yeah. it. Um, it. I'm not sure what that, the solution is, to be honest, though. I'm not going to come out and say that there's this easy sort of box-ticking answer or whatever, no, but it just seemed not. it seemed quite quite naive of the club, really. But you can understand why they wanted to try fill the, the attendance no, up. Rich, I, I, under, I totally understand it. They, they wanted to maximise the attendance, and also they wanted to maximise the revenue they were making from what is a massive day. It's a business at the end of the day. I totally understand that. But at the end of the day, you're putting people at risk. You know, yeah. these stories of people being hit by bottles, co- you know, people being struck by coffee, scalding hot coffees, coins. It's not right, Rich. It's, you've got to learn a lesson and you've got to stamp it out. I've been at other games. I know Stockport, the, the police presence is more heavy handed. But again, there were some fans there, a small minority that I'd never seen a game before. I'm not saying I go to every single game, so I don't know. But 
you know, people looking for trouble and 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 the club really have to get a grip of it because what it will do is if we there's been a few kind of statements already this season from the club. What are we, 11 games in or something in the league? We've already had maybe two, three statements about, you know, supporter conduct and it, it's got to be better. We don't want the name being dragged through the mud. This is We're meant to be celebrating um, we want to be celebrating the, the the ownership and and the town has never been so buzzing about about the football club really you know in in my in my twenty five years it, it's 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 absolutely off the charts at the minute how how excited everyone is you, you can't let kind of mistakes like that because it, it was a mistake and you have to learn from that and I think the way you unfortunately the way you rectify it is they have to have their own I don't necessarily think flipping it is the, is the answer I think you know what's to say that some rebellious talkie fans don't start launching things that wreck some fans. And again, I, would, exactly. I wouldn't want to see that either. So. There's going to be a culmination of blame on both sides, isn't there? But you can't ignore that that there was still whatever happened, the retaliation from Wrexham fans and, you know, like I said, throwing of objects. And yeah, it was quite toxic at, at one stage in the game. And like Do you said, see it from where you were? Because I obviously was in, in, in the left side of the Yale. I could see there was one big talkie fan in a white jumper who was getting a lot of abuse. He seemed really yeah. irate from, from the get-go, really. And... You know, there was a couple of chances of Cheerio. Was, I think two or three of them got ejected anyway throughout the game. Right, right. That was before Torquay were even level. Um, while we're on this, singing Torquay get battered everywhere they go, those sort of chants just do my it's head in. St- I, it's got to stop I, now. I, I, mean, I just... I, what, they're not. Rex, it's not a good chant. What, what's no, happened to the chants, Rich? What, that's what I was going to say. Know, when, of... I used to, when I used to come to watch Wrexham, there used to be such a variety of chants. Mo- lots of players had their own their own chants. We used to sing more sort of diverse Wrexham chants about our own, how good we are. And now we just seem to be doing the, the typical boring playbook of just the same. I mean, Ali, 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 you know, every team's got that themselves. John Davis, he's one of our own. Everyone's got, uh, he's one of our own. Super Paul Mullin, you know, to that tune, everyone's got that chant. And then you've got XX team gets battered everywhere they go. Which I just, I just find it like we used to have such good chants when we used to go. To I used games. to love O Fluffy Sheep. I remember us being at Macclesfield. Away yeah, O Fluffy Sheep. Cold. I used to love. I used to love. I, yeah. I am North Walian. I'm a Wrexham yeah. fan. Which you was, get them was... occ- You get them occasionally. You know, things about Watkin and whatever. But yeah, Marriott, it, it's, 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 Yeah. Yeah, but they, you know, they, they, but they're they're often swallowed up by talking well, get battered or you exactly. know like, yeah, I think that's a cultural change though I think fans used to go in the 80s and the 90s and maybe the early 2000s they sing the older chants but like I said I think the tech end as well is very vocal and there's a lot of younger fans there who mm. maybe just sing the songs which are Does sung the across League terraces effect? that's it, what know, I think it, it might be a trickle Premier down effect. of sing the popular songs I mean we, we sort of we always sort of sing songs that we sort of repurpose songs that maybe the bigger clubs have at, at times and you know, you get why because they're catchy tunes and they're, they're they're popular for a reason. But I feel we just need to embrace our identity again, bring out some of the Absolutely. classics, start chanting some of the, the the lesser known ones, and try and make up some new chants for for some of the players that we've got at the moment. I mean, maybe I really want to do sp- King of Kings for Bryce Hosanna. It's it's so obvious, you know. Um, I, I don't know why that yeah, that, that one is. Um, yeah, the, the him. I don't, I don't know why you're not, we're not we're not getting that out for you know. I think we've just got to get creative. So if you've got any good chants for some of the players, I will in the be squad, spending my week trying to think of a Bentoza chant or something. But, yeah, um, I love. There's what there's one Arsenal do to the. I mean, I know this do to the Oasis song of "She's Electric," but for Odegaard, uh, just stuff like that. Have a have a bit of fun with with a song you like. See if you can work it out for yeah, Toza, Young, all these other players, uh, Kwame, anyone you want. Just just something a bit original that that maybe we're not just rinsing off off you know we're not just talking about other teams i don't really want to keep chanting about other teams for 30 40 minutes of a game do you know what i mean especially, especially when talkie drew level and you know remember the party as well and then then they're singing it back at us as well like i just so um... let's you know what rich you know what rich let's let's focus on what were positives because that was the negative of the day that the the trouble in in the away end or that that section of the ground and and the chants were a little bit frustrating as well, but you get there on Saturday. I've gone the fat boy. I'm already fueled up. What did you do pre-match? What was your pre-match routine? My pre-match routine was quite subdued today. I just got, I just got in early. You know, I drove right. into town, um, got in early, had a few pints in the tech end first. Well, not pints because you only get the bottles of Rex and Lager poured right, into right. a cup, which was okay. So yeah, had a had a few Rex and Lagers down there. It was really good in the concourse area. There's lots of chanting um, in there as well, sort of getting getting the excitement up. Uh, went to and then they seat. came out. And then went they to my came seat, out. yeah, about um, quarter past, maybe twenty past two. 
um, yeah, and then Robin Ryan first emerged, didn't they? And it was such a buzz. And I was one of those sort of day trippers who got my phone out and videoed a really blurry, crappy yeah. video from my own seat <laughs> with someone else's head in the way. But that was just, I couldn't contain myself. I, I was loving life um, and loving the loving the actual sort of, the, the whole ceremony and the whole day of it, really. And so, yeah, did that, sort of just embraced it, really, and just took it all in. I couldn't quite believe what I was seeing course they gave their funny speech on the on the pitch as well and come on you reds by by rob is gonna stick in my yeah. uh, my sort of mind forever I, I did really like that sort of i definitely, I definitely felt rob sort of chant. I, def- I definitely felt rob was teeing up the the documentary i felt it was no it was no mistake that, that his very short script was you know croissant wrexham croissant the documentary is called welcome to wrexham so i can I, you can just imagine that shot of him bellowing out Croissant Wrexham being used in, in to start off one of the episodes or or in the title sequence. I can just, you know, it just all fits together. I just think that would that made so much sense because he, he said so little, didn't he? I know he said it in Welsh, Croissant Wrexham, Croissant Kairas, come on you Reds, and then he turned, didn't he? So he, he said it to the Macron Sandmold Road. Then he turns to the tech and he says, come on you Reds. Turns to um, Wrexham Lagerstein and says, come on you Reds. And uh, yeah, like you say, there was that just kind of, he was almost like a friend of ours who's out in Belgium at the minute, James. It's almost like Rob was sort of being one of those conductors with a big megaphone, you know, yeah. just kind of like trying to whip the crowd. Yeah, into a he frenzy. was the conductor to the orchestra yeah. of, of fans, wasn't he? And that's yeah, what massively. he gets so much. He knows his part. He knows how to to get it going. Really, he knows which buttons to press and what to say. And he knows he, he he's got his in the palm of his hand almost at times, hasn't he? He he knows exactly how to control it. So yeah, it was electric. Like like I said earlier. The spontaneous chant of the, the Welsh national anthem in the second half, which I know oh, they, they've mentioned pre-match, they'd love they'd love to hear it at, at a ground. That was spine tingling. Those goosebumps yeah. there for that, um, and just Wrexham is the name. You know, it was sung with such passion, such vigour. You know, it was just the atmosphere was, was great, Rich, and it and it lasted for well. The atmosphere was good for the first few minutes, and then then they get their moment. The, the owners got to see their first goal at the racecourse. Uh, a, brilliant i mean it was it it was brilliant because you know like you say they've got that initial hype of, of them giving the speech come on you reds the team comes out obviously again you you absolutely buzzing when the teams come out you it's nil nil you still got loads of hope and the pessimism doesn't kick in and it's just exciting to get excited every time there's a throw in and it was right in front of me actually that the bent the ball goes out you see bentos get the ball and you just think there's always there's always a chance isn't there now yeah, there's like always, I said on an earlier podcast, having bent toes on your long throws, it it's like having an extra eight to ten corners in a match because mm. it's just throwing the ball right into the danger zone. There's none of that faffing about with short throw, try get it back. Is the is the first touch good enough? Then put a cross in. Often gets blocked, and you just get that flurry of corners, which just drive you insane, really. But it gets to a point in the game now where, and there's one moment where Jamie Record could almost have. He could have kept the ball in to put a cross on himself, mm. but he, he purposely let it roll out so he could have the long throw instead in the second half because clever. he, knew, he knew that was a much more dangerous tactic. And like we said at the start of the season, Ben Toza was sort of lobbing long balls into the box and we didn't we hadn't worked on any sort of routine to, to benefit from them. This is the third goal we scored directly from a long throw now. And yeah, it was absolutely incredible. Great throw into a danger area. Talkie didn't know what to do. And Harry Lennon, I mean... It's a brilliant finish, that. That is a yeah. brilliant finish. And Absolutely I also think incredible. as well, I was going to say as well, I think it maybe just might be me, but I'm keen to know anyone who's listening their thoughts. It looked like they've narrowed the pitch slightly because the new pitch looked very good. I have to say the surface I thought looked brilliant. Whether I don't know what they what they put in the grass in Holland, but whatever they do, it, it looks brilliant for us. You don't um, want to know. I, I, uh, I, it looked like to me that it, it was perhaps slightly narrower. I know my, my kind of people around me were saying that they felt like it'd be slightly narrow, and 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 I, and I think that would be a clever, clever thing to do, especially with these long throws. I know he can launch it anyway, but if you can get an extra inch or two, and it, the way it just sort of landed, Torquay didn't know what they were doing at sixes and sevens. It it almost lands to Lennon, but it doesn't really land. It sort of just sort of hits his left foot, and he and he manages to to rifle it into the top. It's a brilliant goal. It really is an absolutely brilliant finish. That was that. That's his first Wrexham goal now since yeah, he joined. Yeah, he's deserved that as well. He's been one of our better players this season. I have to say. You know, to see him, I know we had that debate, didn't we? We were so impressed with Sean Brisley, and I'm sure we'll get onto this with the Harrogate team pick later. But, but oof, I don't know how you can don't know how you can leave Harry Lennon out. It's, it's a great dilemma to have in the, those centre back positions. Yeah, and I guess 
that it goes too far, doesn't it? Because if we're going to talk about the positives, then you probably get to the, the manner of the goal we conceded, which yeah. indicates there probably does need to be a change at the back. Because Torquay, you know, I thought, I, I personally thought that, you know, we first half we were well on top, but second half we were very, very blunt in attack. We were like, second I, best, yeah. We were, we're there second for best taking pitch. again. You yeah. know, it was very much the, the two half performance. Um, again, there was no tactical, um, there was no tactical switch though. If you know what I mean, there was no. Yeah, and Parkinson said like we this in his, to, in his chat yeah. with Tommy Cowes after the game. He said himself though that we didn't change the. the, the there was no different no. message in the second half. It was very much carry on doing what you're doing. But there was a clear drop off. We just didn't. We just looked bereft of ideas. Maybe it's because Torquay came out really wanting to spoil the party. Maybe they were trying to feed off that energy, try to subdue the crowd, try to get as angry or whatever, and that feeds into our players then because they feel like they've got the extra nerves and they've got the expectation on their mm. shoulders. But the manner of the goal, which we conceded, was quite frankly pathetic. It was Sunday league defending at best. It was, it was really, really bad. Gave them so much time and just invited them to to do what they wanted, really. But it it, it seemed inevitable. Again, you just it wonder did. about tactics. It did seem what, what was going on? Because you know, Parky said himself after the game. Like I said, Tommy Cowes, he said that you know there was no halftime chat of sit back, hold on to the lead, and no, maybe not didn't, not yeah. get second on the on the break or whatever. It just all seemed to sort of unravel, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's one of them where it it didn't seem there was any sort of tactical tweak to the system. It just that we we dropped deeper and deeper, and then we kept dropping a bit more, deeper and deeper again, and eventually you just sort of knew that we we would pay for it. You look at other games this season, Rich at, at home, where we've been one nil up. You know, we we. Woking felt like they should have had a last-minute penalty. We got away with it there. I know there was a foul in the build-up to that, but again, we got tad fortunate there. Dagenham, which you were at, we got very fortunate when you watch that back. Uh, you know, it, it's it's again, it's not a one-off. Um, and so the, I wouldn't say I was massively surprised that that's how it happened, but we, we're still waiting for this. But I mean, we were there at Barnet, weren't we? And we, you know, ninety minutes we dominated there, and I know people say it down at Easty we dominated there. But we are looking for, you know, against sort of semi-decent, decent teams. We're just looking for 90 minutes, um, you know, 90 minutes to try and, to try and put it together because that midfield still still doesn't look right. It still doesn't look like it can it can get hold of the ball. Jordan Davis, I thought, played well first half, but second half, I, I, I thought he really struggled. You know, it pains me to say that, but I, I think he really did, um, really did struggle actually in in that second yeah. half. I, you know, his passing went awry and and. You know, I, I, I'd look to, I said it before, I'd look to maybe get him out on the left. I know Parker said he was quite impressed with him at number 10, but I'd, I'd maybe try him in a wide area, see if he can isolate one-on-one, see, see what he can do there, see if he can beat his man that way. Yeah, I'd rather have Davis out left and McAlinden if someone maybe in that number 10 role, just because I, I like the, le- the the pace he's got. And maybe even once we've got our, our strikers back fit, you could play Mullen as the number 10, or you could play mm. Ponticelli yeah. as the number 10 and have Hyde as the, as the oh, actual Ponticelli. striker in front. I mean, Ponticelli, you put that, didn't you? we put a, yeah, I put that appreciation tweet out yesterday for him because he was absolutely phenomenal. His work rate was insane. You know, he just carried on. He had scraps to go off, but he just he won so many balls. He he did what Paul Mullen does, where he he chases back, wins possession. You know, just inside, sort of on the halfway really, and sparks attacks from there. He chased everything. He's just what you want to watch as a fan because, okay, we. We're watching non-league football, so the fifth division. We understand that not every shot's going to go in, not every pass is going to be crisp, and not every you know sort of effort's going to be on target. But what we do demand as Wrexham fans is the same hard-working nature of the supporters who work nine to five, Monday to Friday, you know, or do whatever shifts they do. They do their nights, they do their early starts, just so they can have money to go watch the team on Saturday, and they want to watch players who give their all, and that's what Ponticelli did. You know, he just chased down every pass. He was harassing the defenders you know he's getting in their faces he just ran and ran and ran and for me he was man of the match I know that mm. Lennon was for me a very close second because he got the goal as well which he deserved and otherwise than that he was solid but Ponticelli unsung hero it's not always gone right for him at the club he's not really got that many goals to his name either but you know I think if you've got him alongside Hyde or Mullen it's a very different story and yeah I think he's he's done me a he's proven a lot of people wrong because when the team sheet dropped I was I was wondering why Angus wasn't the one who was starting instead, yeah. and you yeah, know I was questioning same. the decision. Proved us all wrong. Absolutely class, Ponticelli. So yeah, big shout out to you. You were you were really really good, and yeah, let's just hope that we have a big home win in the weeks ahead. Because for me, what's been so disappointing is 
every home game's merged into the same one almost. Like they've yeah. all felt exactly yeah. the same where we come out, have a good first half, struggle in the second. There's only one goal in it. We only score one goal a game anyway at home. It just, I just want to, to really beat a team comfortably. And I don't necessarily mean three or four nil. I just mean a game where I don't have that, that dread deep down thinking we're not going to win no. this, which I but had I, from about the hour mark on Saturday. I thought it was interesting that the question was asked in the week before the game about Stockport getting rid of Simon Rusk and, you know, they're, they're, they're ready to get Dave Challoner in and probably will be in at some point when when his pod has dropped. Um, and, and the question was asked of, of Rob in particular, well, Rob and Ryan, but Rob answered it and he said, they said, um, you know, you're sort of, we're now 13th, aren't we, in the table, Rich? We, we're not being able to close that 13-point gap now for the last two or three games, you know, Maidenhead, Torquay, before that, you know, what is it, four points from nine? We, we were we were talking up seven from nine or nine from nine. It's four. Yeah, minimum, wasn't it, yeah. And it's... minimum was saying seven from nine, got four from nine. You know, we've ended up with Paul Moyne being suspended. You know, if you put the off-pitch stuff aside, it's actually been pretty dismal sort of three-game spell. Um, but they, they said, you know, um, the, the, the question was asked, where are you with Port, with Phil Parkinson? You know, in terms of is he a man under pressure? Um, and and I'd rather just Rob Rob explain it himself if you haven't heard the clip already. So let's let's roll the clip. Yeah, I mean we I, we want to win. Yeah, full stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with that in mind, yesterday one of your promotion rivals, Stockport County, sacked their manager after their start in the division. But clearly you're patient enough, even if results don't improve. Yeah, so the way that we're looking at it right now is, I mean, Phil's only been the manager of the club for 12 games, um, and uh, we we believe in him, and we, we we recognize that for him this is going to be a project too. We're 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 starting with things at, at the very basic infrastructure. We want to build again for long-term success, and we also want to win right now. We check in with him on a weekly basis. He feels confident that this is the club that we need especially to get through the transfer window and probably all the way through the end of the season. So uh, we have nothing but faith in him to, to accomplish what we need to do. So as you, as you can see, Rich, it, it sounds like Parkinson, I, I don't think he's going anywhere, uh, frankly. And, and I know that he said that there'd already been discussions about January targets, uh, one of which might have been putting himself in the window on, on Twitter. Probably doesn't need January, but um, I'm sure you can sort of fill us in on who's been uh, talking himself up. Twitter. Yeah, yeah. So David Wheater, um, of course, who, who worked with Parkey at, at Bolton, I believe. You know, he's also ex Middlesbrough, again, ex Oldham. He's really highly thought of at Oldham, but got got frozen out there by the owners, and they were being told not to play him. He was being told to train with the under twenty threes. He was going to under twenty threes matches, getting kitted up, doing the warm ups, and then being told a minute before kick off you can't play because we don't want you to be playing. He's He's, you know, I'm not sure what sort of fitness he's in at the moment. I know he's been doing quite a lot of sort of media and stuff as well. He's been doing podcasts. I think he's done Under the Cosh recently live in, in Middlesbrough. I've seen him on that previously anyway. Um, so, yeah, he was he was sort of asked. I think there was a clip which which went maybe semi-viral of, of the really poor defending. Yeah, it was a tweet from Craig Jones. He said, six Wrexham defenders in the box. And if the scorer missed it, the other lad running in would have probably scored anyway. Yeah, that was the Out worst Out of the 16 bit. goals we've conceded this season, an unbelieving unbelievable 12 have come from direct crosses into our box this desperately needs sorting out quickly and then Eastgate Chambers uh, tweeted and, and tagged uh, David Wheater and said come and sort this out Wrexham is very welcoming to us Borough boys there's, uh, there's history written on the walls of the race course um, and David Wheater replied Super Phil has my number so yeah that's wow. the experience of David Wheater um who, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Wrexham need another centre-back. I know there's been talk in recent weeks about Sean Pearson, who's not really getting oh, game yeah. time at Grimsby, but I think that, you know, he gave those reasons, didn't he, in the summer for why he was moving back because it's such a good opportunity for for his family to go back there. And, you know, it just, it made sense. You know, it was the only club who's ever really going to leave Wrexham for at this level anyway. I'm, I'm sure if Man City had made an offer, he might have might have contemplated that as well. He might have, he might have given it a, given it a, a look yeah, over. Maybe Barcelona, because yeah. they, they need need free transfers <laughs> as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you look at David Wheater, 34 years old now, um, but, you know, he 
definitely to a job in the National League. So Middlesbrough, he played for Doncaster. He had a loan at Wolves where he, I think he made one league appearance. He was at Darlington as well. But yeah, his most recent clubs, he was at Bolton Wanderers for eight years and he spent two seasons at Oldham. Like I said, by the end though, he, he was frozen out there. But a very experienced centre-back, someone who was eager to start playing again. I think that you know he's, he's definitely got got something to give. Obviously, like I said, he's not played since... He's not played properly probably sort of 18 months it was sort of before the uh before the lockdown initially initially last march that was part of the problem you know it's he was the pfa representative at oldham and he was sort of having to go to the board with uh with the disputes from the club about about the furlough pay etc the club weren't weren't going to pay some of the players what what they'd promised and you know there's a, a nasty falling out at oldham about, about... I was say, that's a full-time job at oldham if you've got to go with all the disputes to the board exactly I mean, yeah. so i think he maybe slightly fell out of love of football a little bit there but you know he's, he's still eager to be playing football and saying you know teasing that that super phil has his number you know Oof. it's exciting isn't it and I, for you, is Nath- there a Dave Jones? Is there a Dave Jones element there that it just that's what I, I worry slightly, about? I'm slight, I am slightly worried. Uh, you know, I look at the centre backs, and on paper, if you said those were our centre backs, yeah, talent wise, you would think that we have more than enough. It's just not, just not clicking. And and throwing it ahead to the weekend, which I, in my team that I've put together, I would like to see a back two of Brisley and Lennon. You know, we we haven't seen that as a as a two partnership. Uh, Hayden, I think. You know, coming out of the team might give him some, might give him some extra fire because you know he did look slightly ropey on that goal that that Craig uh, beautifully analysed there on Twitter. Um, you know, he 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 pulls off his man. There's two behind him. I know he wasn't the only one at fault for that goal. Don't get me wrong, but I I would like to look at Brisley and Lennon because I've been very impressed with both of those um, in isolation. I know you've you've suggested maybe changing the fullbacks after there's a reserve game on Tuesday when we're recording this, so that'll be games for Reeswell Johnson, Charlie Trafford, and Luke Young. I'd say so I don't Redmond opponent, as well. Throw him in there. Redmond, yeah, you'd imagine Jarvis or people like that will get get some extra minutes. Mullin, you'd imagine will will keep yeah, taking over some else minutes. Yeah, got to be doing, I guess, but maybe you don't want to risk him to get injured. Maybe just give him a half an hour. One whatever. person, one person who won't be involved. Who I did have a good chat with. I nearly forgot about this, Rich. Uh, Jake Hyde, who had a, a very good chat with me pre-match um yeah he's in good spirits he's he's not quite right yet he, he the pitch at marine he landed awkwardly on his ankle and, it, and it's it's still not right he's aiming for the older shot game that's when he'd like to be back but physio are, are keener to to bring him out for that wellston game on what is it november 20th or something like yeah. that so he's in good spirits he's on the mend and and fingers crossed some point this month he'll be he'll be back fit firing and and back with Mullen, and we'll have Hyde and Mullen back there as a partnership. We've got Hyde and Mullen. That's a new yeah. champ, yeah. Um, but but there you go. So, yeah, so what was it for? Everywhere they go. Um, I was about to say, yeah. took the words out of my mouth. So Harrogate at the weekend, Rich. We just maybe we just run through our teams, and I know people like sending us their teams. Um, I, I'll tell you what I've got then. I, I, I've stuck with a four-two-three-one. I've gone Rob Lainton in goal, Brisley and Lennon as my centre backs. As I said, I've still got French and Record as my full backs. Um, I've got midfield two of Luke Young, bring him back in, get someone foot on the ball, and Ben Tozer. I've got Devontae Redmond in there as a number 10, just to get him a game and see if he can do anything on, uh, to freshen it up. Just, just see I've if he can do anything. Just see if he can do anything. Uh, I've got Bryce Hosanna out wide on the right. I was impressed with Bryce at the weekend. I know he got that uh, wrongful red card overturned, uh, and he looked good. He looked sharp. He looks like he's starting to grow in the shirt. Jordan Davis, as I say, out on the left, and I'm sticking with Mr. Jordan Ponticelli up top yeah I've, I've literally almost gone exactly the same as you said. i think i've got three changes though um so later than goal for me brisley and lennon like you said the center backs i'd like to see them given the go and, and see what happens i did see a suggestion online though um, this week saying that maybe it'd be better if we put toza back into center defense and had french as a center defensive midfielder mm. but that's kind of an interesting interesting yeah. one to look at um interesting. Think, yeah so I, I'm, i've not gone for that but i think it is one to maybe consider in the weeks ahead to see how things go just because totally maybe do need him just be playing at the back just to give us some sort of authority because things have been so lackluster in recent weeks for me hall johnson at right back and cam green at left back um Paul Johnson, of course, depends how he gets through this friendly match in midweek. Cam Green, for me, is well overdue right now. As we said on Massively. the podcast last week, I think, he is not injured. He is fully fit. He's been going to all the matches. He's he's ready and raring to go. I don't get how he's been overlooked 
towards the end of last season, like I said, I got to go to two matches and I was very privileged to do so. He shone so brightly. He was really, really good and really engaging in, in his style of play. And, you know, another thing is if we've seen Bryce Hosanna play right wing, maybe Cam Green could play left wing if, if we needed yeah. him to. I mean, yeah. it's an option to look at. Um, for me, though, midfield, Luke Young and Ben Tozer holding. I've gone for Dan Jarvis in the number 10 role. I thought yeah. he, you know, he was good in that Marine replay. I think that he's got a lot more to give as well. And up front, I've gone the same as you. Hosanna, Davis and Ponticelli. Um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see, really. Harrogate is a... FA it's, Cup. It's difficult. It's a difficult one to get up for. They're the type of teams I hate playing. League teams like that who, you know... You, I, like, no offence. They're, they're, they're pushing big, aren't they? They're pushing big for a League 2 promotion. And I know that, you know, we'll, we'll be kind of also looking for the National League promotion. I know we're way off that at the minute, but... God, if you imagine if we just sort of sneak through, it'll be one round away from. You can't get ahead of yourself, obviously, given the form we're in. But yeah, oh, I mean, a cut, run would be, a, cut, a cut run would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's all yeah. I'm going to say. A cut run would be brilliant. I mean, Harrogate at the moment are seventh in League Two on 23 points, but you know, it's one of those really weird things where, I mean, technically they're three points off 14th. Do you mean they could they could lose a game and technically drop down to to the lo- sec- the lower half of the table? Or they could win a game and jump up to fourth. So it's it's early days. It's difficult to, to say really where they're at. But yeah, the, the, it's one of those ones where it's hard to get up for because if we knock Harrogate out, it's not going to go down as a cup upset really or cup shock. No, no. But they are a League Two team who are performing really well, who are well run. Hopefully, you know, they are concentrating themselves on the league and maybe put out a, a rested team or... Yeah, like you said, I Super just, Mark Beck still there or not? Who's I don't I don't know who's I don't, I don't know who's he in Harrogate's no, line. Um, He's not I, Super I, Mark Beck. I don't believe so, no. I'm looking at their team now. I mean, they've got Jack Muldoon, who I remember from, from here. They've got yeah. Luke Armstrong, who was very highly rated. John Stead's still there as well. John Brian St- Ballard- How old is John Stead now? John Stead must be getting on, is he? Yeah, I mean, this is this is quickly turning into a Harrogate Town podcast. No, it won't, yeah. Well, but yeah, John Stead um, must be 37, 38, maybe. I don't know. I'll, yeah. I'll quickly Google oh, he, he was, he was. He knows, obviously, Phil Parkinson knows John Stead very well. 38 years, yeah. From their time at Bradford together, so... Um, a little reunion there, the uh, the Stead Parkinson Parkin reunion. Actually, it's just no, now Notts County. He's still at Harrogate, it says. Yeah, I, I, I was like reading some flash scores, so who knows? He's uh, not. He's not quite. He's not quite Jefferson Louis, but he, I feel like John Stead has had quite a few clubs in his career. Yeah, not Wrexham, one of those. But um, this time, yeah. Anyway, anyway, Harrogate, Rich. What do we think? We we optimistic win, win draw, or I, I'm actually thinking we'll, we'll snag a replay. Um, I, I'm I'm gonna go one all away at Harrogate, and we'll we'll get a replay. Which actually does that work in our favour in terms of the Mullin suspension? I don't know when the replay be to be honest, but it's yeah. I, I, that's what I think. A one all, I think a one all, and the replay. I'm going to be. I mean, last week we got a message of, of someone saying it was one of the most depressing listens they've oh. ever heard because we were so negative. But <laughs> I think this one has redeemed itself a bit in terms of the positivity at the start. Like I said, off field. I'm so, so happy um, on the field. Yeah, let's just forget about it. But this weekend, yeah. I'm going to go for a more, much more spirited display. Like I said, I think it's, I think Harrogate themselves might find motivation a bit of an issue because they're playing Fair against enough. us. Yeah. And, you know, a cup game where they're actually heavy favourites because they're a, a League Two team, whether you like it or not. Mm. The expectations on them to win, which I think will work in our favour. I'm going to go I'm gonna go 2 on Wrexham. You know, I mean... 2 on Wrexham. Uh, if last week was negative, let's be stupidly up with yeah. it. Like, so you just never know, you just week, never so. know with Wrexham as well. I mean, you know, it it's the the pieces are there for the puzzle. It's we, we're just sort of not not putting them in the right place at the minute. Um, and and that's what Parkinson and Parkin have got to figure out. That's why the cup is a good chance. That's why I wouldn't I wouldn't clear the decks. I wouldn't rest everyone, but I would I would try and look at partnerships where you can. When we've been so successful, to just to finish on this, Rich, when we've been so successful, had people on before, it's all about key relationships on the pitch. Left back and left winger, right back, right winger, the two midfielders together. You know, kind of when Luke Summerfield and, and Luke Young were playing well together or or when we had, you know, the Ferguson era or um, when you had like Obeng and, and Chislovich, that sort yeah, of Keats thing. Keats and Harris, and then you'd have Fulton yeah, exactly. or Keats, Clark Harris. or Evans you know, alongside Manny them. Smith, Manny Smith, Pearson, that sort of you know, Jennings and whoever, Rutherford, if you will. Uh, you know, these kind of just players that play together regularly. Uh, we're not sort of getting that at the minute. I still think we're still settling on 
on what he would like, you know, who would like what injuries have played a part in that hide suspension mulling, but but it's a, it's a big chance, and I I really of all the things I would like to see at, at Harrogate, I would like to see Brisley and Lennon um, get a go together just to see how that looks because I'm really keen to see how they look together. Yeah, who knows? Oh well, it's always so Wrexham oh. Nath. Another busy week <laughs> lies ahead. Yeah, what a week it's been. Let's just let's hope the football can do the do the talking now and the weeks ahead take centre stage. As always, as Nath has said, thank you so much for the support on social media as well. It's really real privilege, and like we say, we'll hope to be on top of all the sort of native content we can in the weeks ahead. Nath, where can they subscribe to the podcast if they haven't already? Uh, you can find it on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. You can follow us on there, subscribe on there, leave us a review on Apple if you do. That'd be much appreciated. You can email us, robryanred at gmail.com. Be nice, please. And you can find us on Twitter at robryanred. That's all. Take care. Thank you very much. And we'll see you again next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.